0: In part two of this message on the chosen fast, we provide simple guidelines on why, how and for whom you would fast.
1: Okay, it's a familiar scripture. It's, uh, it's about the word of God. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we depend on God's word for, for every step. Uh, and we praise God that you know, he uh, is the word and uh, his life is, is in his word. So, uh, can we rise to our feet, church? We'll make our declaration, following which, you know, we'll, we'll just go into uh, this morning's sermon. Please raise your Bibles high up in the air. You can hold it up high and say this bold and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing for many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender, in Jesus' name, Amen. Before you uh, sit, it'd be good to just say hello to someone, just tell them it's great you're here, Uh, nice to meet you, a handshake, smile, maybe a hi-fi, all all of those work. Last Sunday, we looked at one part of, of this message, which was about preparation, preparation for a chosen fast. We can fast, but uh, the fast that pleases God's heart is what is most important. So, last Sunday, we, we saw that in preparation for the, for the fast, you know, God has, has spoken in His word and, and He has uh, given us certain directives. And we particularly looked at Isaiah chapter 58 from verses 1 to 14. Uh, we saw that uh, fasting is a spiritual discipline, it's like any other spiritual discipline to draw near to God. We pray, we worship. We, we spend time uh, in His Word. We meditate on His Word. And similarly, fasting is a discipline that uh, helps us to, to seek the Lord, to draw closer to God. And it's an essential spiritual discipline. Uh, does this spiritual discipline apply to us? You know, we find that uh, some, some people walked up to Jesus and they said, uh, John's disciples fast. Why don't your disciples fast? And Jesus told them that, you know, they will fast uh, once I ascend uh, into heaven after my resurrection. And until the day that I return, my disciples will also fast. And so, you know, that includes all of us uh, who are waiting for the return of, of Jesus Christ and we are his disciples. And so fasting as a spiritual discipline applies to us as well. Before we, we move on to the second part of today's uh, sermon, which is about positioning. So last Sunday, we, we talked about preparation. But this morning, we're going to be talking about positioning uh, for the chosen fast. We'll go through Isaiah chapter 58, which is, which is our key uh, chapter, passage for today. So I request you to please turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 58. And, and I, I will read through it once. Okay, so everybody there? Please put up your hands if you're ready. All right, so let's read. Isaiah 58 Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, tell my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice, they take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes. Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free? And that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills, The earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. So um, that's uh, Isaiah 58. And um, like any other people, you know, uh, during the times when Isaiah was ministering to his people, uh, they wanted to draw near to God. And as they did everything they could, you know, uh, he he found that uh, some of the heart attitudes of the people weren't right. And, and the Lord gives him this message to speak to the people and say that uh, the activity or, or the uh, the ritual of, of uh, doing all these good things and fasting unto the Lord uh, is wonderful. But, you know, God sees, God looks deeper. He looks at the condition of the heart and the motives of why uh, this act is, is being done. Uh, and so, you know, we... we uh, last week that there were four key areas that that God addressed Uh, the first being the motives of the heart where where God is telling us uh, it's it's a good thing to fast uh, it's a powerful thing to fast but the question uh, that that we need to ask is why am I doing it why are we doing it are we doing it to to twist God's arm to get things from God that we really really want Uh, is that the reason or are we doing it to impress people around us? You know, well, when people know that, that we're doing all these spiritual activities, people consider us, um, you know, a level higher. So is that the reason? So we need to check our hearts firstly to know the motives of our hearts. Why are we fasting? The second key area that uh, this passage addresses is uh, the right life. The right life where God is calling his people to, to be in, to treat people right in their relationships. All, all our relationships and particularly we, we would find that, you know, uh, what's being addressed here is the way we treat people who work for us. So uh, in, in a given day, if we're fasting, what are we doing? Are we increasing the burdens of those who work for us or uh, are we treating them right uh, fairly during those days or in that season of fasting. These are questions that we need to ask ourselves. The passage also uh, talks about not, not having strife, debate, you know, an attitude of division at the end of the day when we have fasted. Because God is looking at all of this to approve our fast and call it a chosen fast. So the first thing was the motives. The second is, is right relationships. And the third one uh, we looked at, the, the attitude or the heart of compassion. But God says, "All right, no, you're fasting, but what about the needs that that you see around you? Are you are willing to to do something about those needs? Now, all of us may not be able to do big things uh, and uh, affect the masses. That's that's not w- what we're talking about. Whatever is in our capacity, you know, are we people who address the needs of people, uh, needy people? those who require our compassion. And if you're walking in that manner, then God calls our fast, a chosen fast. And of course, you're honoring God in all areas of our lives and, and not just pretending that, you know, uh, we are offering our Sabbath to the Lord and, and this and that to the Lord, but the, the rest of our lives, the remaining parts of our lives don't really match up. So uh, we're being called to all of these heart attitudes to check these heart attitudes, to be able to present a chosen fast to the Lord. So, uh, everyone with me on this? Great. So, let's move forward. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about the positioning. The positioning of a chosen fast, which simply means, um, for whom are we doing this fast? We're fasting, but we've positioned ourselves uh, to this fast as unto the Lord, but for whom? Why are we doing this fast. And, you know, how are we going to, to really fast? Uh, does, does the Bible have things to say about this? And uh, yes, you know, there are, there are many examples and passages, lives of people we can look at. We look at, look at them one by one. But first, you know, let's uh, answer the question, for whom, when I'm fasting and positioning myself to receive blessings, uh, but for whom should I be fasting? To whom will the blessings be directed? Uh, we fast, there are three things to, to answer that question. The first one would be that we can fast for ourselves. And, and we find that a lot in, in the word of God. When people had needs, when people had questions, when people had um, to, to just navigate through circumstances, they chose to fast, to, to find God's favor. They sought God. With the help of a fast. So we can fast for ourselves. We can fast for our personal lives. We, uh, that could be for a breakthrough. Facing financial pressures. You know, uh, or even repenting. Before the Lord. These are all reasons why. why uh, we can choose to fast. As individuals. And, and bring that personal fast to the Lord. So that's, that's the first. You know, we, we can fast for ourselves. And the second answer. To the question whom can we fast for is simply someone else, you know anyone else we know uh, in our lives, it could be our family members, siblings, parents, someone uh, in our family or, or somebody else uh, you know outside our family, friends, colleagues, anybody that the Lord would, would speak to us about and, and you know uh, put a burden for them in our hearts, we can fast for them, so the very same things we. We fast for ourselves to see God's breakthrough in in all these areas. But we can fast for others, for them to witness a breakthrough as well. Amen? Amen. So we fast for ourselves and we can fast for someone else. Thirdly, we can fast for a group of people. We can fast for a group of people or a community of people. Now, which community do we fast for? Are we... Only allowed to fast for those who believe in Jesus, only the believer community or those who don't believe in Jesus. Well, we can fast for both of these categories of people because ultimately, you know, what are we seeking God for? We're seeking God for his blessing to come upon any which community that the Lord has put as a burden in our hearts. So uh, for the believers we we may be praying for our local church, we may be praying for you know uh, another church, the citywide church uh, that we are part of in this city, just any group of believers that the Lord has put on our hearts, or we could be praying about a group of people who don 't yet know the Lord um, so we can pray for them you know, maybe the Lord would will send us to minister to them or Someone else will minister to them, but uh, we can still position ourselves to pray for them and fast for them so they receive God's blessing upon their lives. So these are the three answers to the question, whom shall we fast for? Uh, and now let's move on a little and, and look at why we need to fast. Uh, we have already said that you know there are, there are needs that each one of us are facing as we make this journey. In life, and, and similarly in Scripture, there were people who encountered uh, needs, they encountered questions, and you know at that time they found it best to just pause, look to the Lord, seek God, uh, and receive His best in, in that circumstance. Uh, so the first example that I want to share with us is about King Jehoshaphat. So King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Verses 1 to 4, we won't be reading through all the scriptures, but I'll just share uh, the summaries with you. When he heard that uh, him and the people of Judah would be under attack, the first thing he did was to call for a fast. And he told the people, let's get together, let's fast. Let's pray, let's seek God's face. For what? For deliverance. Because the enemy is, is gearing up against us. And the only deliverance we know is the deliverance of God. And if we seek God, sure enough, God's deliverance will reach us. And so Jehoshaphat uh, and the people of Judah fasted for God's deliverance. They fasted for God's victory you know, for their people. So that's one reason why we too can choose to fast. And when we're seeking God, we're seeking God for deliverance from all kinds of of situations, all kinds of pressures, we can call out to God and say, God, here is my fast and I trust you to give me the victory. I trust you to bring the deliverance into my life. So we fast for deliverance, we fast for victory. The second example is that of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah uh, chapter 1 and verse 4, we read that Nehemiah... Fasted. Nehemiah didn't eat anything uh, and, and he, he was uh, bringing his thoughts up to the Lord, even as he did what he did in, in his profession. You know, his prayers were going up to heaven. Why was Nehemiah fasting? Nehemiah heard the news about his people, about the broken walls of Jerusalem, and we read that uh, he experienced a stirring in his heart. A stirring in his heart which he wasn't quite sure about. You know, what? what is God trying to say? What is God trying to communicate to me? What am I supposed to do about uh, the destruction that, that I hear of? And so Nehemiah prayed, but Nehemiah also fasted. And the reason why Nehemiah would have fasted uh, would, would have been because he wanted clarity. He wanted clarity from God. Uh, he was asking God, God, uh, what is the call you are placing on me regarding this situation what is the vision you would like to grant me for this situation so nehemiah fasted and prayed he sought the lord for a personal call and a vision and we know you know god gave him the plan and he built the walls and and that's how restoration came to the city of jerusalem and and, and not to forget the divine favor which he obtained from the very king, you know, uh, a king who doesn't know God but he obtained divine favor in his situation. And that's what God was able to do for Nehemiah who sought God and God gave him clarity about his personal vision and call. The next example would be that of Ezra. Now Ezra as well, you know, he, is, uh, he is associated with the rebuilding of the temple. And what Ezra did was also to seek God's direction, he wanted God's specifications of even how to go about this entire process of of building the temple, what is every section uh, a group of people supposed to do uh, in order to build the temple so in Ezra 8.21 we we see that at at the banks of a river uh, he just chooses to hit the pause button and he says let's fast, call for a fast because we need clarity we need direction. What? What next? What are we supposed to do? Uh, And I'll read that scripture for us. It's Ezra 8.21 uh, and it reads, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. So, the entire community is coming together to seek God, to ask him What every single one of them is supposed to do. How are they supposed to steward the resources? And they sought God and found the answers and proceeded from there. Uh, At another time, Ezra calls for another fast. And this is in uh, Ezra chapter 9, verse 5. But this time, Ezra's reason is, is slightly different. He's not asking God for direction. But we see that Ezra is repenting before the Lord. He's repenting. Remember we said we can fast for someone else. Okay, that's the role of, of an intercessor. Where we are fasting for another person. And so in this case, when Ezra hears of the uncleanness or, or the wrongdoings of his own people. You know, here's the group of people. They're going to work together and build the temple. But there aren't some good testimonies you know, among the same group of people. So what does Ezra do? You know, his heart is broken and he starts to, to repent before the Lord. And he says, God, on behalf of the wrongdoings of my people, I repent. And, and that's why Ezra fasted. He fasted to express repentance. Uh, and, and that's the second fast that we read about in the book of Ezra. Now moving on to uh, another community of people who fasted, we, we know uh, about Esther in the Bible, who fasted. Now, Esther's fast, no, it's, it's, it's again a fast of deliverance, where God turned the situation around. It, it was a complete U-turn. God made that U-turn for the people because they chose to fast and seek the Lord. Now, we know the story, there was a decree uh, on, on the people which said that you know, every single Jew would be destroyed, and when, when um, Mordecai heard about this, you know, he sent a message to Esther saying, you gotta do something. You are in a position of influence. And at that time, you know, uh, God gave Esther the wisdom to call for a fast. All the people fasted, and after three days, you know, we know that she went up to the king, and suddenly, you know, the same king, the same authority that had decreed the destruction of the Jews, Made a complete turnaround. How did that happen? It happened because Esther called for a fast. You know, God answered. God saw the cries of the people, and God gave them a U-turn. And it's incredible, simply because you know, uh, in our circumstances, we may be facing an adverse situation, but in Esther's case, um, she could have lost her life just walking into the king's presence without any permission. What do we find happening later? That, that the king pardoned her presumption and he just chose to give her uh, any petition which was in her heart without even finding out. You know, what, what, what would she ask for? He wasn't worried about that. But he said, ask me, even half my kingdom, I'm willing to give you. And that was the result of turning the hearts of the people to God and God's deliverance coming upon Esther and the Jewish people, and how much more? You know, uh, we have today. Esther didn't have favor uh, with Haman, right? But we have today uh, the favor of the king upon us. So, God is for us. We don't have an adversary, but an advocate in Jesus Christ. So, as God's people, when we direct our fast to the Lord, as unto the Lord, now we can expect the deliverance, the U-turn, the turning of circumstances that. Esther and the Jewish people faced. Now, moving on to another uh, very talked about person in the Old Testament who also fasted, and and that's Daniel. Now, Daniel, again, fasted at at different uh, times for different reasons. Uh, Here are a couple of reasons why Daniel fasted. Daniel fasted once to pray for the fulfillment of a prophetic word which had, you know, probably been brought well ahead in time. But when he could understand that he's living in the times when a prophecy is supposed to be fulfilled, you know, he thought best to seek God with a fast. And you know, Daniel fasted for the fulfillment of the prophecy. And after 70 years of, of desolation, Jeremiah had prophesied that, that God would bring a restoration. So Daniel fasted once, uh, we, we read about that, for the restoration, uh, the fulfillment of the prophetic word. And in the second instance, we, we see that Daniel fasted to receive understanding. Um, and Daniel seems to be doing a lot of this uh, throughout, throughout uh, his life. He would ask God to speak to him. God would speak. And when he didn't understand, he would just take time. He would take a little bit of time and, and begin to seek God. Begin to seek God with prayer. Begin to seek God with fasting. Daniel chapter 10, he fasted for three full weeks. He moaned, fasting, moaning, before the Lord. And, and he asked for the understanding of the 70 weeks vision that God had given him. And you know, we, we read thereon that God gave him the right interpretation of what had been spoken to him in the vision. So these are some examples in, in the Old Testament who fasted for repentance, victory, deliverance, understanding, direction, all of these reasons. Now, let's take a, a few moments to look at the New Testament. Why did people fast in the New Testament? And we have a, a huge example in Jesus, who is our model, uh, who, is, who is the one, you know, uh, the center of all things. And we read that Jesus fasted before his public ministry. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, after which he stepped in to doing what, what uh, you know, the ministry that God had called him to do. So Jesus fasted, big reason why we, we too should be uh, obedient and should be fasting. Uh, but as you look at the book of Acts, there are other reasons as well why people fasted. We see that the elders at the church of Antioch, they fasted. They fasted before sending you know, some chosen men to do ministry. So before they sent out Paul and Barnabas, uh, the elders fasted, they, they blessed them and they commissioned these people to go and do ministry. So even today, if if we are going uh, to minister someplace or someone's going, we can fast. We can ask for God's blessing and direction. Um, And and other reasons that that we see people fasting for is Acts 14, where Paul and Barnabas fasted and they fasted to to choose leaders, to choose leaders uh, in the local churches. Before they chose the men and women, they fasted and the Holy Spirit would direct them and then they would go ahead and um, choose them as leaders. So uh, that is, is another example we see. And Paul, okay, Paul once again, uh, uh, a mighty apostle who who's written all, most of the epistles in, in the New Testament, we read that fastings were uh, a part of his life. It was just something he did very often. Uh, And we read about that in 2nd Corinthians chapter 11. I'll read those verses for us. Verses 27 and 28. He says, In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things that come upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. So, in his ministry, Paul fasts. He fasts very often to uh, take God's word out and, and to minister the power of God. And as, you know, as we prepare our hearts, last Sunday we talked about preparation and today we're talking about positioning. I just want to remind us the benefits of fasting once again. Uh, I know we discussed this earlier, but just to reiterate, you know, all the blessings that we have on the other side of a fast sounds very hard to do, but the blessings on the other side of doing a fast and doing it right are tremendous. What are these benefits? So we said that through a fast, we can express our repentance. So, in drawing close to God, we have this opportunity to, to fast before the Lord, just to bring our hearts to Him and say, God, whatever is not right, you no. Know, we acknowledge, I acknowledge, and through this fast, you know, I pray that you would move upon my life and, and make things right. Our repentance to the Lord is expressed through our fast. So, a repentance is, is, is expressing repentance is one of the benefits. The second one is that our focus is strengthened. As we seek the Lord, we want to have, we sing more love, more power, more faith, more, so many things uh, as we follow you, God. And fasting, what fasting does is it, it sharpens that focus. It strengthens that focus. So uh, if, if it's more, you know, a stronger prayer life I'm looking for, I can fast and I would find that God, uh, God's strength is, is just lifting me up to another level. Uh, in my walk with God. Or oh, faith. So many other things that, that we want to sharpen. And, and bring it back into focus. A fast before the Lord. A right fast. A chosen fast. Will, will definitely benefit us. An increased intensity. An increased intensity. Well, last week we, we looked at the example where in Matthew 17. Uh, some of the disciples. They are not able to cast out the demons. So they hurry up. They run to Jesus and they, they ask him. What happened? What went wrong? We thought this would work. Uh, And Jesus is is addressing this question by telling them, Hey, you just need to fast and pray. These kinds will will not leave uh, unless you fast and pray. So so, uh, what is Jesus trying to point at? Jesus is telling the disciples that the intensity of their faith to do the work of the ministry, and in this case, to be able to cast out demons, to increase the intensity of their faith, they would need to fast. They would need to fast and and bring their prayers to the Lord. So fasting increases our intensity. Faith, many other areas, increases our intensity. Fasting develops discipline. Okay, needless to say anything about that, because it's quite self-explanatory. Fasting develops discipline because... We have to walk in self-control. When we make a decision, a vow to the Lord and say, God, this is what I'm going to do for you, we have to walk in it. And many, many a time, it, it's not easy. So it helps us develop self-control, and which also is a fruit of the Spirit. So you know, we can always uh, depend on God. We can bank on God's grace and strength to equip us, you know, to demonstrate that self-control. So fasting develops discipline. Fasting deepens our consecration. Consecration is, is nothing but our commitment, our dedication to the Lord. And as we fast, you know, we just go from, from one level to another and saying, God, uh, I just want more of you. I want to surrender everything that, that you're showing me to surrender. Every area of my life, I give it to you. And, and in this season of my life, you're speaking to me about such and such things. And I, I give that to you, I surrender to you: consecration, dedication, commitment to the Lord. And fasting helps us to, to dedicate ourselves and deepens our consecration. So knowing the benefits of fasting, knowing the reasons why we must fast and for whom we should be fasting, you know, the next uh, question, uh, a practical question, if, I mean, if and when we, we fast? Uh, we need to know how, how we can fast. And there are examples of these as well in God's word. There are different kinds of fasts that, that we can choose from. And, and there's no hard and fast rule that, you know, we just have to go by one pattern. But it's between the Lord and us. The Lord in you, the Lord and me, what God puts on my heart and what I commit to the Lord as my fast. So we just go by that. So one way of doing this fast is to simply refrain from food um, and that would be a single meal uh, or a couple of meals, however you, you commit to the Lord. So we basically refrain from, from a meal or a couple of meals and this can be done for a day or, or a few days. Like Esther's fast, she called for a fast three days. Okay? So we can fast by, by refraining from food. Or skipping meals, that's one way in which the fast can be done. The second way is that we choose not to eat certain uh, kinds of foods. Uh, in Daniel's case, you know, we read that he ate vegetables, he ate fruits, and he refrained from specific drinks and things like that. So we too can, can choose to do that. And that again is, is up to us. And some may, may, may want to... Uh, stay away from meats. Well, someone might say, no, no, it's just biryani. I'm not going to eat. Uh, that's up to each one of us. We choose to, to uh, make that vow to the Lord and, and keep it as our fast to him. And we, we saw all the benefits that Daniel was experiencing and we too will be able to see that. The third kind of fast that we can do is to um, refrain from activities. Okay? So uh, food is one way. To refrain from food. The other way is to refrain from an activity. So if, if we have uh, a certain activity um, that we do, we just choose to use that time to, you know, give it to the Lord. Maybe, I don't know uh, what uh, each one of us have in our, in our daily schedules, watching TV or uh, football, gaming, anything. You can just pick that slot of time and say, God, this is for you. I choose to give this time to you. I'm not going to engage myself in that activity um, and I'm going to seek you, pray, commit myself, worship you. uh, And and you can make that a fast by fasting activities for the Lord. And the fourth kind of fast that we observe is a fasted life. A fasted life. Now where where does this come from? Uh, In God's word we see that there was a, There's a vow called as the Nazarite vow that was taken uh, usually by the parents, and then when, when they had uh, children, they would walk in those vows. Okay? Uh, and what, what were some of the laws uh, pertaining to the Nazarite vow? Well Well, the individual would, would refrain from specific foods, which included uh, wine and uh, grape derivatives, all, all, kinds, all kinds of wines, vinegar. They would just stay away from those drinks. They, they would also um, grow their hair, okay? grow their hair like really long, never put a razor to their hair, uh, and just commit their lives to the Lord, live for the Lord. And that is, is the Nazirite vow. Now, every time someone looked at a Nazirite, they would know that, okay, hey, this person has dedicated, consecrated their life to the Lord. Now the Nazarite vow could, could be done for um, uh, an entire life, that person's entire life, or people could vow to do such things for, for a year, a couple of years, so on and so forth. So how does the, the Nazarite vow look, look in our times? Well, that again is up to us. You know, for, for a year or two years, we can make a commitment to the Lord that you know, we will be refraining from such, such and such and such. Uh, activity, these, these kind of foods uh, and giving our time to seeking the Lord doing, doing other uh, activities or we could just commit our entire lives to the Lord uh, and, and you know, God honors that when we commit ourselves to Him and you know, like in the Bible there's, there's Samson and, and Samuel who are Nazarites who live their lives staying uh, away from unclean things but you know, we, we know that Samson failed but we learn from their lives regarding the, the kind of commitment that is required to um, fast this Nazarite vow to the Lord. So uh, these are some of the things that, that are in God's word uh, encouraging us to offer ourselves through the chosen fast. And as we conclude uh, this morning, uh, we just like to encourage... You know, we, we can do it in different ways. We as individuals can fast but we can also do it uh, as a church community. And uh, how do we do that? We could fast together, uh, find a purpose, which means pray to the Lord. God might put something on our hearts. He might put a a, a cause on our hearts. And as a small group, we may choose to get together and maybe choose a food fast or or an activity fast, something that, that the Lord is speaking to us. So we may fast personally. We may fast together with others a small group or you know, life group, any any of the groups that, that we are committed to. or We can also fast uh, as an entire church community, people who are coming before the Lord together. And these are all ways in which you know, we can fast. And, and we know that the blessings of God, you know, Isaiah 58 uh, puts together some of the blessings, not, not all of the blessings uh, in there, but when we want to see God's healing breakthrough, fruitfulness uh, to be able to move up to higher levels. And all of these blessings uh, are there for those who look to the Lord with a chosen fast. So church, as we continue uh, to learn more about the chosen fast, next Sunday uh, we will be talking about the blessings, the specific blessings that, that we receive from God. Now, this morning, can we just take a few minutes To turn our hearts to God and say, God, what are you telling me? How can I prepare myself for whom? Why? How do you want me to fast? How do you want us to look to you? How do you want us to seek you? As our hearts are just, you know, stayed put on that, uh, just connecting to God and saying, God, speak to our hearts this morning. Prepare us, O God. Position us. Oh God, I'll just request our worship team to to lead us um, in a song. Just continue to focus on God this morning.
0: You are my refuge You are my fortress You are my friend You are my God. You are my refuge God. You are my refuge. worship you, and I will worship you with all of my heart, and I will seek your face all through my life, and I will serve you, Lord, with all that I am, here I am, and I will worship you, God. And I will worship you with all of my heart, and I will seek your face all through my life, and I will serve you, Lord. You are my Savior, yes to you I will look. You are my healer, you are my strength. your face all through my life yes I will serve you Lord with all that I am here I am and I will worship at the beauty of your presence God and I will worship you my heart and I will seek your face all through my life, and I will serve you Lord, with all that I am, here I am, just tell Him here I am God, use me for your service God, here I am.
1: as you search the earth Lord in this place this morning Father we pray that Lord you will find hearts that turn to you like Jehoshaphat seeking you for deliverance committing ourselves for victory and deliverance Lord that you will find hearts here that repent before you like Ezra as an intercessor looking at all the turmoil in our world in our lives and saying God we repent you are a holy God God remove every uncleanness from our midst and Father this morning we pray Lord you would find hearts such as Esther, God, which would say, If I perish, I perish. I am just going to take a step of faith. I will fast before the Lord. I will seek His face. Where comes my deliverance and the wisdom I need to move forward? Father, that even, even you would find those such as Samuel who commit their lives, O oh God, who commit extended periods of time say God, you know me you know my heart Father, thank you for the burden that you have laid upon my heart, the stirring in my heart and God, here I am committing to you be glorified O God in these seasons of my life through what I am having here to offer you, my fast or let it be pleasing in your sight Strengthen my focus, O oh God. Increase my intensity, God. Here I am expressing my repentance to you, O oh God. No God, how you delight in the chosen fast. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for every blessing, Lord. Every blessing which is coming upon us, oh Father. And Lord, for the obedience of walking in these fasts. Thank you, God. We honor you, God. We honor you. We bless you. This morning in God's presence, I just sense that, you know, the Lord's power is, is here to heal and dif- different ones of us, we are getting touched in our emotions and in our physical bodies. Someone here that, that, uh, who, who's been praying um, particularly about uh, a fear gripping your heart, even this morning, Just prayed and asked the Lord and said, God, this fear is taking over me and I believe uh, that that the Lord is delivering you from that fear right now. Someone else here with with a a problem, with with your right foot, some, some sort of an issue with the toes, I believe the Lord is healing you right now. Just go ahead, pray. Just go ahead and receive... That, that healing by faith. Um, try to do something that, that you were not able to do earlier. And that's the way we demonstrate uh, our faith. Try it out. Someone with, with, with a, a problem with your ear, the Lord's just touching you right now. And these are not the only uh, few things that, that are happening, many other things are happening. Even if it's not called out by faith, by faith, in the name of Jesus, we receive. We receive everything Jesus died for. Jesus died to give us. God, how we thank you. How we thank you for your power. We glorify you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Speak the benediction of God over you. The Lord bless you, keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you His Shalom. You are blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Church, for being here. Have a great week. God bless.
0: We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources.